This week's podcast is sponsored by Burt and Rocky's Cream Company. They began in 1989 with ice cream. They rotate through over 400 original homemade recipes, including caramel apples, chocolates, and fudge. Jar candy, seasonal candy, and nostalgic candy is also sold in store. Family owned and located in the heart of the Claremont Village on the corner of Yale and Bonita. You can find them on Instagram. Hello, you're listening to A Culture of Beauty, where we discuss the various ways we can elevate and affect the culture through beauty. I'm your host, Sequoia Sierra. Today, we have Marian Jones with us. Marian is an entrepreneur from Hawaii who is passionate about vintage Hawaiian fashion. She studied theology at Belmont Abbey College in North Carolina and is now launching her new business, Mumu Mamas. Welcome, Marian. Hi, thank you. Likewise. So that's kind of, uh, you know, from your bio, a little bit of a switch going from, you know, theology (laughs) to Mubumama. So tell us a little bit about your background and how how that all came about. Okay, well, so I decided to study theology. I was, um, I actually was a Vegnum Christi co-worker Mm -hmm. and it really helps me in my faith and it's kind of funny just seeing how, like, fashion has followed me throughout, and I didn't even really realize it. Mm-hmm. But even then, like, I loved wearing skirts, like, it was part of our dress code, and I loved feeling feminine, and it was something that, I don't know, I think kind of began in that phase in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I decided to study theology after doing my year of volunteer work with them, and awesome probably to North Carolina. Yeah, and and I know like you've you've done you know various things um, in between your time at Belmont Abbey, but and you know how you said like fashions kind of recurred and, and come back in your life. But what specifically um, inspired you to begin Mumu Mamas? I've always loved thrifting, and um, it's almost been an addiction at some point. I just love going into thrift stores and it's almost like treasure hunting. And I'd mm-hmm. always in Hawaii, I would always see these mumus, which were never really. I think they kind of went out of fashion when I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And so um, we would see them. I would be with my cousin a lot, and we'd always like trying them on, but we would never, we'd want, buy them once in a while here and there if it was really interesting or really unique. But you know, mm-hmm. we didn't want to have a bunch of moo-moos, actually, but we always had fun trying them on in stores. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where um, the passion for moo-moos started, I guess, was just, I mean, it had been a, really pleasant thing in my childhood. I remember always having matching dresses with my mom. So a lot of little girls, I feel like in Hawaii, can relate to that, um, having done that with their mom. So there's that. And then growing up and seeing them go out of fashion, it kind of just became this, like, nice nostalgic thing. Mm-hmm. And, it's yeah, they've always just had a special place in my heart, I guess, in a weird way. Yeah. Well, and I, I remember, you know, in conversations we've had, you've mentioned how, you know, the mumu is tied to Hawaiian culture and how, you know, over here, I guess in the main states, <laughs> we kind of, you know, if someone's wearing a mumu, they tend to be older. But apparently um, in mm-hmm. Hawaii, that's not the case or it wasn't. Yeah, it's kind of had its different phases. Right now, it's interesting because um, since we've launched our Instagram page with all our mumus, I've been getting a lot of interesting reactions and the people are like, yeah, like almost like super excited, like, yeah, bring it back, bring it back. Because it recently it has been something that's just, you just see like really 
old women wearing maybe to church or the grocery store, but to see a young woman in it is something that's really different right now. After statehood, it kind of had this revitalization in the early 60s, mm-hmm. or, or late, in the 60s, early, late 60s. I think when, after we became a state, we were all so excited, and we were kind of getting caught up in being so American, and there was this huge decline in our local identity mm-hmm. in Hawaii, and people started to notice that, and I think after there started to become this like rise of local designers, and they were starting to make more aloha wear, as we call it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it kind of, it had its rise again, and it would fall, and in and out of popularity, but it's always kind of been around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's for something both young and old in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. The Aloha shirt, which is you know the Hawaiian shirt, right? For um, men, the collared, mm-hmm. yeah, for men. That's always kind of been a staple since. Yeah, come even around. here, like in California, I think warmer climates, Florida too. You see a lot of guys who will wear Hawaiian shirts, you know, for normal wear. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's you know today it's kind of maintains that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Mumu's, they've kind of come in and out of fashion. Whereas I think the Aloha shirt has remained. Yeah, it's interesting how that happened. I don't really know why. Yeah, but. That, that, that's true. Why why the, the mumus kind of fade in and out, but then the men's, it's kind of like always in season. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, even, yeah. even with the younger men, like you see them wearing, obviously they're like updated. They're not your, your granddad's necessarily Hawaiian shirts, but yeah. they're still that um, definitive, iconic Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Well, yeah. and, and so the the Mumu, um, like, what is the, the I guess, the, um, like, the birth of, of the Mumu? Because I know you had mentioned, um, you know, that Japanese culture is huge in Hawaii because there's just so much Japanese tourism. Um, but then you also have, you know, the local Hawaiian natives. So who, what, where did that kind of come from? Was it kind of like a blend or was it from the States originally? Like what? So, um, yeah, it's interesting. The Aloha shirt is actually influenced by the Japanese. And the mumu is influenced by the Americans. So when uh, Christian missionaries first came to Hawaii in the 1820s, they gifted the high-ranking women with Mother Hubbard dresses from the U.S., which is, you know, pretty trendy in the 1820s. (laughs) And it's interesting. A lot of people have this idea of history where, you know, the, the, the Christian missionaries came and they were offended by, you know, the primitive fair-skinned woman, and <laughs> they gave them these dresses to cover them up. But if you read the journals the more of the Christian missionaries, you'll see that, like, they actually don't talk about that anywhere. Mm-hmm. And when they do talk about interacting with the Islander women, they're blown away by their beauty. They go into detail about what they're wearing. And the women, when they were, were interacting, the Hawaiian women were actually pretty modestly dressed. They were they had their pa'u skirts. They had mm-hmm. long cloths that covered their shoulders and, like, past their knees. So when you read the journals of the missionaries, they weren't offended at all. They kind of just gave them this dress, not to cover them up, but as a sincere gift, you know. Right. It's a nice oh, item from the Americas. Right. It's and not so a symbol a of gift. oppression. <laughs> it's no, a gift. Yeah, it's yeah. Not. It, was, it was a beautiful gift that they really liked. And, you know, they started to have them made in Hawaii. The Hawaiian women wanted them to be made there. So it became a trend with high-ranking women, the Ali'i, and... Um, years go by and it becomes more casual, They, you know, more practical for Hawaii weather. Mm-hmm. They get rid of the collar, they make it a little shorter, right. um, a little looser, and that's the mumu. So mu'u mu'u in Hawaiian actually means cut off. 
Oh. And so it's kind of like a cut-off version of the holoku. Okay. Yeah. So the, um, I don't even know if I'll pronounce it right, but the, the last one you just said, the alohoku, so is that, it's similar to the, the mumu in like the floral pattern and colors, but it's just a, like a higher neckline or what's the main thing? Yeah, no, it's, like, it's more like the, like the mother hubbard dress. It's like, yeah, really high neckline. It's usually long oh, okay. sleeves. It's like tight around the waist. Right. Um, so the mumu, I guess, is a relaxed version of it, which became popular among all classes. And that's the movie we know and love today. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and, so. you know, a looser fit is way more comfortable, <laughs> you know, to yeah. to wear out and it about. It definitely is. Yeah. Well, that's so, it's just so fascinating, I think. Um, and, and you had mentioned, too, about, like, the, the local Hawaiian designer. So was there ever in the Hawaiian history of, like, mumu fashion, you know, are there kind of any landmark or iconic designers of the mumu that um kind of like you know just in in fashion in general how you would have the Sh- house of chanel and yves saint laurent and you know all these mm-hmm. other ones like do you are there any specific labels or designers of the mumu that are kind of the best known or wanted yeah we have a, yeah there are definitely some big names in the mumu world my personal favorite i think i think mamo uh-huh. for me is so huge she kind of she came around with her mumus and the 1960s, so kind of when it had its more modern, like, revival. Mm-hmm. And a huge designer through the 90s, even. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and she, her, she has a really interesting story. She was the first high-fashion Hawaiian supermodel. So oh, she wow. was, you know, in her earlier days, she was in New York and Paris in the 50s, and she kind of came home after having that amazing run as a model, and she still had this passion for fashion, and she started designing mumus. So I really like her style. It's really cool. Um, It's really traditional and, like, interesting. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Maybe I'll send you a picture later. (laughs) Right. Very cool. So then I guess the kind of the distinguishing factors of the mumu then would be looser fitting, florals and vibrant colors (laughs) would that be right and maybe ruffles at least from i know following your instagram and seeing all these beautiful vintage mumus i feel like okay that seems to be the qualifications as it were to (laughs) the fabrication of the mumu and i think they're very reflective of the place they're from from hawaii yeah they're Mm -hmm. super colorful you know they call us the rainbow state and yeah all mumus are just so bright and beautiful covered with flowers or sometimes not flowers fruits but typically flowers. Okay, yeah. so even just tropical themes in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. A lot of handmade mumus, which I like finding, because, you know, you can just imagine the reflective of the person, like they chose that pattern. Or, you know, I found a dress that was um, made on the Big Island, mm-hmm. and it had, you know, a flower that you can only, or that you find mostly on the Big Island, and things like that. It's just, you know, the regional to Hawaii, but also specifically to different islands and then the individual person. And they just really tell a story. Very neat. So kind of like, you know, something akin to Scotland where they have the specific plaids for the different clans and things. So yeah, <laughs> you could yeah. probably... Yeah, that's kind of... Another that's island. <laughs> Another way of thinking of it. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to A Culture of Beauty and we'll be right back. You're listening to A Culture of Beauty, and I'm your host, Sequoia Sierra. Today, we have Marion Jones with us from Moo Moo Mamas. 
So, Marianne, we were just talking about, you know, the distinguishing qualities of the muumuu, um, and you mentioned handmade muumuus. And I think in other conversations you had talked about how even women had, you know, you have the designers of the muumuus, like the iconic ones, like uh, Mamo, who was huge from the 60s through the 90s. Um, but I think you had mentioned that even women would make some of their own so that they could match with their daughters. Yeah, or just to match or just for, I think it was just more normal for people to make their own clothes back then, which I think is right. really cool. Yeah, just in general. Um, <laughs> just in general. So those are always fun pieces to find. Yeah. Um, well, and something about Mumu Mamas that I think is really neat um, is that you are distinctly vintage. It's not like you're... You're making new ones, at least not right now. We'll see, maybe down later down the pipeline, right? If there's a demand, <laughs> maybe eventually. That yeah, would- that would be fun. <laughs> but that you specifically use vintage mumus, and can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that and why that um, why that's so essential, kind of to to what you're doing with mumu mamas? Well, kind of what, something that helps me. I was working in a restaurant, and I would, you know, a lot of people in a really touristy area, uh-huh. and a lot of people would come up to me and they would say, you know they would be wearing Aloha shirts, and they're like, you know, where can we get women's clothes like this? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, did they make women's things like this? And I'm like, yeah, they do, but they're really ugly. They're mm-hmm. made in China. They're just not, they're not Hawaiian at all. You right. know what I mean? It's just be a complete waste of time and money to just right. even, in my opinion, to even wear that. And it's, I get a little embarrassed when I see people wearing things like this right. in our really touristy areas. And so... I guess what I love about vintage is that it's just authentic. It's real. It's made in Hawaii by people who lived here, worked here. And yeah, it's just a part of our culture. Whereas, you know, these things that they can buy in the stores typically. Yeah, it's just, just, yeah, it's not made in Hawaii. It's not designed by Hawaiians. So it's very, yeah, very much uh, not Hawaiian. (laughs) Um, Well, and and you you know, and with Mumu Mamas, though, you said that that's part of the experience. So could you tell us like what, what people can, can basically, what Mumu Mamas offers women? So we offer a Hawaiian dress experience. And so it's, you know, we meet women either in the hotel rooms or in a location We'll have our whole setup. Um, or we bring our whole collection, and we just like have a fun time. You know, we meet at the mm-hmm. park or at the beach park, and um, we give them a lesson on the fashion history. We show them some of our dresses, help them pick one for them, tell them the stories behind the mumus, and um, yeah, we help them pick one, give them a little makeover. We have we always have fresh hakulays, and we do a personal photo shoot. Very neat. <laughs> kind of like the idea is to kind of give them a postcard. To go home with, but the postcard is done. Yeah. Well, and I know you had mentioned, which I I had no idea, um, that in Japan that they have kind of these um, kimono experiences where when you go and they'll dress you in the kimono and teach you how to put it on and, you know, basically the etiquette of the kimono and and you get to have tea and experience that Japanese culture. And that, you know, similarly, you're kind of doing that with Mumu Mamas, except that it's with Hawaiian culture. Um, exactly. We have so many Japanese tourists here. I think they're our biggest group that comes here to vacation. Mm-hmm. And so I had a friend that went to Japan and he told me how great it was how we did this kimono rental. And my aunt just went to Japan and she did it too and she was sending me pictures. But uh-huh. yeah, it's just for us, it's an opportunity to really share our collection and our culture and just our love of something authentically Hawaiian. And so it's exciting for us to be able to offer that to people. Just like, you know, for the Japanese, it's exciting for them to be able to share their kimono with them. Right. Um, yeah. 
Well, and, you know, then they're wearing kind of a piece of Hawaiian history, I suppose. Because, I mean, like what, exactly. how, how far back do you think some of your vintage kimonos date? I think the oldest one we have is, I think, from the 40s. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's really beautiful. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. I love it. That's that so neat. Find. Yeah. And well, and to, to clarify, the, these mumus are not for sale. It's specifically, right, when you go to Hawaii and one can experience and, and wear these mumus. Yeah. That they can. You know, yeah. Everyone asks us, well, you know, why don't you sell it? And yeah, we want to just keep them here, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Just so other people can enjoy them. If we're selling them, you know, eventually they'll run out. And we don't want to run out of mumus. Right. Well, and then plus they're kind so. of, you know, a part of your textile history there in Hawaii. And even if yeah. if some were remade, they wouldn't, you know, necessarily, even if, you know, you can have a, you know, work on getting high quality ones made, but it's still yeah. different from this is something kind of historic that we've had with us. So I think that's really special. It's kind of like you're simultaneously mm-hmm. helping to preserve some of your local, you know, fashion and textile history, which is just awesome. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I almost think of it as like a library, and you yes. know, like people sell books at the library. Well, I guess sometimes they have book sales, right? <laughs> you know, you see them there for others, to, right? To, to enjoy, enjoy for all posterity. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's yeah. awesome that you're, and you know, I think with just with beauty in general throughout cultures everywhere, that that's so important to you know, retaining what is good from the past and the beauty of that and incorporating it into our daily lives, you know, because there's a richness that we can learn um, from so many who came before us in, in so many different fields. You know, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's really, I think, one of the, the coolest things about Moo Mamas. But, and you had mentioned that, you know, prior to kind of starting Moo Mamas, you would wear Moo's mostly when you were younger and on occasion. Um, but what was your response? You said you, you know, it was kind of, you were a little nervous to wear them out and about at first. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I was. Well, because you get some weird looks, you know, young women. Right. You like, know, why is this like young woman wearing a, a boo-boo? <laughs> yeah. And but the reactions are always amazing. Like, people just love it. It's so funny. I get a little embarrassed. But, you know, I, you know, a lot of women, like younger girls my age will come up to me They'll say, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Where did you get it? You know, older women will see it, and they just light up, and they'll be like, oh, like, this just takes me back. And then, you know, my cousin has started wearing it to work every Friday. Oh, wow. Aloha Friday, which is kind of like... Oh, that's It cool. existed before Casual Fridays. Really? So, Alo- kind of, so Aloha yeah. Fridays. Okay, I'm going to have to remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she started wearing it to work for Aloha Friday, and... You know, even men will come up to her and be like, oh, my goodness, this reminds me of my mom. It's just like such a happy, like joyful thing for people to see the moomoos. So that's been cool for us yeah, um, to be able to um, spark that kind of reaction, I guess. Right. And to bring back all those happy memories. Mm-hmm. Well, and just to see that people love it as much as we do. And right. sometimes we think we have this like quirky affection for them. But like, no, everyone who's from Hawaii kind of has happy thoughts towards them with, I think that's mm-hmm. that we've experienced so far. Right. Well, and you know, just, uh, I think it's also beautiful how it just encourages a, a regional local custom that, you know, focuses on femininity and just having that beauty mm-hmm. where it's like, no, instead of wearing, you know, leggings and a hoodie let's put on a muumuu because it's just as comfortable as like you know what are they called the butter leggings or whatever oh yeah it's <laughs> so comfortable it's more comfortable than like yeah and more more cool too a lot more um mm-hmm. you know during warm weather which you know you enjoy a lot of um 
Yeah. Perfect weather over there, even more more so than California. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. no, but it, it's great that it's like, okay, you can be comfortable, but you can also be beautiful, you know, um, that you don't yeah. have to necessarily sacrifice one or the other. Because I think that, you know, most people, when it comes to fashionable items, they're like, well, comfort is my main thing, so I kind of don't care. Um, whereas, you know, maybe if they, you know, obviously perhaps outside of Hawaii, it would be a little bit harder for them to get into the mumu um, culture but to where they can it can inspire them even wherever they are in their own local place to find what's that medium for me of between comfort and beauty so that I don't have to give up you know one or the other and I can have both (laughs) yeah exactly you don't have to choose Exactly. You can you can do both. Well, and speaking of, you know, cultivating beauty, um, I just I always love to ask our guests, you know, what what is beauty for you? Because I think it's we all beauty is just so vast since it's, you know, an aspect of God that it's, you know, completely we could we can never it's inexhaustible. So for you, what what about beauty inspires you or what is beauty for you? I think beauty for me would be just like inner joy being shared mm-hmm. externally with others. And that can be through clothes, music, you know, art, anything. But it's just like the joy you feel inside being shared, I guess. Right. Um, and it inspires me, I guess, just because that's, in a way, like the purpose of life is to experience that, you know. That joy. Yeah. beauty, experiencing joy. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I must say that definitely um, that comes out in your work with Moomoo Mamas, like even just looking through your Instagram and the photos. I mean, obviously you have an amazing location of Hawaii, but but it's still photogenic. Yeah, it is. It's super photogenic, (laughs) (laughs) very ideal, but just, uh, you know, you and the, and other people and models that you've had um, modeling these beautiful vintage Moomoo's and, and you see the joy and I'm like, okay, it it almost seems like where this Moomoo, like the underlying message is like, put this on and you're going to, you can't help but be happy and smile. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the exactly. vibe I get. I'm like, wow, I really want to go and try it because it looks like a really great time. So, oh, can you please come to yeah. Hawaii? That would be so fun. Yes. Well, that is going to be Mumu, on my I'll list. Makeover. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't wait. That that's going to be on the list for later this year. <laughs> awesome. But um, but yeah. That, so that's really awesome that you know you said that that's an aspect of beauty that specifically draws you. And like I said good job because it's it's definitely coming through in moomoo mamas and for yeah you're welcome and for those just tuning in you're listening to a culture of beauty and we'll be right back a huge thank you to this week's sponsor bert and rocky's cream company located in the heart of the claremont village Hello, you're listening to A Culture of Beauty, and I'm your host, Sequoia Sierra, and we're here today with Marion Jones from Moomoo Mamas in Hawaii. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Moomoo, its history, and something that I would love to really delve into is uh, you had mentioned that you're not going to be having Moomoo's, you know, made, at least right now, and, you know, just kind of the the special reasons of using vintage Moomoo's where it's kind of like, you know, the people who are doing the experience with you get to put on a piece of Hawaiian history. But even beyond that, I think it's great that it supports regional fashion 
And, you know, as opposed to like fast fashion to have these vintage clothing um, instead of like, let's just, you know, whip out something cheap. Or like you said, let's order a muumu from Amazon that's made in China. Um, and yeah. it's like, well, for you, it's like, well, that's not authentic. And that's true. But I think even, you know, in the fashion world, there's just so much fast fashion going on. There's so much waste. You know, the fashion industry is the number two polluter in the whole world, despite the fact that, you know, fashion individuals are always talking about our globe and climate and this and that. Yeah. Um, and yet they're the ones, you know, doing the most damage oftentimes. Exactly. So, you know, is that a, a big impetus for you as well in, in maintaining the vintage sort of focus? Yeah, definitely. It's funny because when I first had the idea to start a business, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of just like working random jobs. I got a job in retail and that's kind of where I realized how dirty an industry it was mm-hmm. and it really really shocked me and especially I was working in Waikiki also which is our big tourist hub and I would just see all the waste and you know people would buy um, I, I guess I won't say the brand I worked for but right. you know they they called it a name drop when they would have their logo with our city right uh, with their city name on it and I'm just like it's literally called a name drop and I was like you know what that's really all it is it's name dropping Right. Hawaii, Waikiki, whatever. And there's no greater affiliation than that, just a name drop. And I was like, you know, I don't like that. Right. And I think that's what, yeah, gave me a little bit of the passion for what I ended up deciding to do mm-hmm. um, with Mumu Mamas. Yeah. And just finding clothes that were meaningful. And, you know, it's more than a name drop. It's, you know, a huge part of the history of our state and what we've always worn. Right. Well, and then also when you have something that's regional, and of course you're not having any new ones made, but in the sense of regional fashion and culture, how this can kind of help stimulate even your local economy, right? Um, Yeah, So definitely. Yeah, like, um, you know, especially back in the day when moo-moos were being made there in Hawaii more predominantly, um, just, you know, the jobs that it can bring, the textile industry. So I don't know if you have specific, yeah. I mean, are there any textile industries that are still set up there or is everything kind of imported yeah. now? They are. There's, there's, there's some big Aloha wear companies, like for with Aloha shirts, uh-huh. um, Tori Richard, Ren Spooner, and they, they all make their own textiles, I'm sure. Okay. I'm um, pretty sure they do. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it's after statehood, that's kind of all the local designers kind of were struggling because of the rise of the flea markets for, marketed for tourists and the malls, you know, all, the Hawaiian department stores are being bought out by Macy's. And mm-hmm. so there was this huge decline in our local economy. But yeah, I kind of saw that while working in Waikiki. Right. You know, like all this money is being made in the tourism industry and in retail and at restaurants, but none of it is actually staying in our state. That's just such a huge problem. And so yeah, conscious consumerism, I guess. And Right. Well, and I think, you know, us as a generation with millennials and downward tend to be, um, you know, for better or for worse, a little bit more obsessed with kind of the morality behind our clothing. I mean, I know several, yeah. even local people and companies that have been popping up and, you know, they're thrifting clothes where they, you know, will find great finds in thrift stores, vintage stores and resell them, um, which is kind of cool because one, you know, it's it's a sustainable thing because that's a, a huge thing right now for millennials and fashion mm-hmm. in general is sustainability, which, you know, it really it is important because when you have a bunch of this fast fashion, not only is it 
where, you know, you have companies, I believe it was Burberry, um, where they actually burned their overstock <laughs> um, because, you know, you just oh, wow. simply can't. They're just pumping out a huge mass yeah. of clothing constantly. Like you're never going to go through all of that. And there's not even, you know, people buying all of it up. And so that's what happens. And, it you know, that's what ends up polluting, you know, the planet when they're yeah. burning off all these chemicals and things to destroy overstock. And it's just a bunch of waste going on. But also the morality, too, behind um, them exploiting people in China or, you know, India or elsewhere where it's, you know, basically like slave labor wages in order to produce a shirt that you can buy for $10. <laughs> you yeah, know? it's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not on the side of um, advocating that those jobs be eliminated because it's true. A lot of those people wouldn't even have that if there was no company. But I think something that we do need to do is one, let's be realistic. Should a shirt really only cost that much? Like, is it worth the fact that you're going to literally pay somebody a few pennies in order to make that kind of a profit. You know, that's something where it's like, well, you know, let's look at perhaps we need to cut back on the amount that's being produced and how it's being produced so that we can make sure that these workers over there aren't, you know, working in dangerous situations like these, you know, warehouses that have completely burned up with people inside of them in India or that, you know, they're not working for pennies per day, but that, you know, we can still maintain jobs for them, but that it's a better fairer you know amount um so i think that this is great when it's you know this all kind of helps with that where we it kind of helps us all step back and even as we're more than creating excess you know we're more about preserving the beauty that we already have exactly and you know even with our consumerist culture where it's like well do we really need another one of these it's like well no (laughs) if this one's well made you'll need less of them opposed to like having the cheap one that you bought for you know a few bucks so, yeah. no, I think I always think, you know, it's it's fascinating and wonderful whenever we can make something that's a model of fashion that's more sustainable and um, just higher quality in general. That's going to be just as attractive as somebody who would be want to go into, you know, any of the major retail stores that we have, um, that this is something that you can offer them where that same young millennial or younger even clientele will still be like, hey, you know what? I want to do that. So I think it's brilliant, too, that you guys focus on not just the moo-moos, but that experience, that authentic, you know, Hawaiian experience. Because, you know, they say, at least we went over this back in my days in fashion where we, um, you know, that was that was a thing with the millennials where it's like they're very much about the experience. So if you can tie whatever your fashion is, yeah, with experience, the experience of it all, it's going to sell more. So um, well, I think that like, what we wear and like our clothes, that should be like a good experience every time we put something on. And I think, yeah. you know, when you fall into the habit of fast fashion, you know, your clothes don't become an experience. They become something cheap and something um, that, you know, a million other people have. Right. And, you know, when you take the, when you own less things and um, when you have better quality products that were made in a more humane way, you're just more mindful of your clothes. You feel more dignified in your clothes. Because yes. You really know. You know your clothes. You know where it came from. You know who made it. Yeah. No, absolutely. It becomes a more beautiful experience because of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, completely agree. For those just tuning in, you're listening to A Culture of Beauty, and we'll be right back. Hello, 
you're listening to A Culture of Beauty, and I'm your host, Sequoia Sierra. Today we have Marion Jones with us from Mumu Mamas in Hawaii. So, Marion, we've been talking about, you know, the fashion, um, the Mumu, sustainability, vintage wear, opposed to fast fashion, <laughs> the history of the Mumu, lots of different topics. But um, I, I know, you know, in uh, past conversations with you, you had mentioned that uh, you actually had you weren't wearing a muumuu out and about as much but you actually like took them for a weekend and wore just muumuus can you tell me more about that oh my gosh that was such a crazy <laughs> weekend cuz it was the coldest weekend like oh no <laughs> so it was like what 60 yeah. degrees no. <laughs> no well yeah in the daytime but then it, <laughs> it was freezing for us. it's you know, i was visiting maui with my grandpa and my cousin who's mm-hmm. my business partner and I told them, like, you know, let's just pack mumus. Let's really immerse ourselves into this mumu experience that we're selling. And she was like, okay. And we get to Maui, and it's like a windstorm. The whole island's out of electricity. It's snowed. Oh, my gosh. Okay, no. It's yeah, snowed? It was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> and so, anyway, but in the daytime, it was more comfortable. And we did the road to Hana, which is a really famous road trip on Maui. Uh-huh. A lot of tourists on it, a lot of locals on it, and you know, I mean, you kind of just stop. It's a, it's a long, windy road, and you just stop off, and there's lots of cute spots along the way. And so we're always running into people in and out of the car, and yeah, it was just so fun. It was such a beautiful experience because everyone would come up to us, "Are you on a special tour? Like, what is this? These look so beautiful!" Like men, women, all ages. It was so funny. Yeah, it's like a Disney princess. Like, like a- can I take a picture with you? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's the few tourists that take pictures of us. Aw. <laughs> that always happens, so it's kind of funny. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. Well, and wasn't yeah. there, um, gosh, there was just a cartoon not long ago. What is her name? And she's from Hawaii, a Disney show. Oh, Princess Moana. Yes, Moana. I knew it started with an M. Yeah. <laughs> so has that probably increased the interest in, I'm sure, you know, looking and dressing like the local Hawaiians because, you know, it was such a popular film. Um, You know what? Definitely with little kids. I, mean, I don't know if I, it's inspired others. Um, women. Well, I mean, I have so a couple funny. songs on my phone from it, so I don't know. You know, maybe it's yeah, just me. <laughs> well, we all love it. But I, I do see a lot of um, girls, a lot of tourists, um, who dress up in their Moana costumes, which is super cute. Aww. <laughs> And that's, I guess, what Mubu Mamas is trying to do for their mothers and their sisters. Yeah, and the, yeah exactly. An so, option, too. We don't all want to walk around in a princess costume, but... Right. Like <laughs> I mean, you you'd probably get heck from Disney for licensing sort of things, but it's too bad you can't have, like, the older Moana package or something. Yeah. <laughs> well... That's awesome that you got that, you know, such a positive response whenever you're, you know, wearing the these beautiful vintage moomoos. But you had mentioned that, um, you know, it's come in and out of fashion since, you know, I guess the 40s when it started to be worn as kind of a just a very much staple in in Hawaiian culture and dress. Um, but you said that there was a woman in the 80s that wrote something about the moomoo. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Oh, well, so when I first had the idea, I kind of mm-hmm. went to the library and looked for everything I could find on Moomoo's, and there's, like, no books about Moomoo's. Oh, there's, wow. like, a couple, they're, like, mentioned in books about Aloha shirts, or, like, Aloha wear in general. Yeah. But there's no, like, uh, there's not a lot of, there's no books specifically about Moomoo's. But wow. I, so I found a lot of newspaper cutouts, like, that's all the library could find, and so mm-hmm. I took out this huge stack, and I was just flipping through random articles, and one of the funniest ones I found 
was they had interviewed a college student at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, mm-hmm. and they asked her, it was kind of like another revival of the Moomoo was happening, and they asked her, you know, when do you wear your Moomoo? And she said, you know, I wear it to class, I wear it out with my friends. Oh, fun. The person from the newspaper asked her if she would wear it on a date, and mm-hmm. she told him, you know, maybe if he's taking you to do something casual, like an ice cream, I would wear my Moomoo. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't wear it if he was going to, you know, buy me dinner or take me somewhere nice. And he said, well, why is that? And she said, <laughs> boys don't actually care for the movies too much. Oh, really? And, <laughs> and she said, you know, it's, they don't like how baggy it is. It's so bright. Oh. There's nothing subtle about them. <laughs> right. Kind of these loud, big dresses and that are kind of frumpy looking sometimes. And I just thought that was so amazing that she could, like, she knew it. She acknowledged it. And she just didn't care. Like, okay. I won't wear it on the date, but I'm going to wear it literally any other time. All other time. (laughs) (laughs) And but yeah, it's just this interesting branch of true feminism where she, you know, I'm I'm going to be feminine, and I don't care what a man thinks, and I'm going to wear this cultural garment, and I like it, and that's all that really matters. So I thought that was really amazing. Yeah. Well, so is that kind of the essential mission of Mumu Mamas then, in a way? I guess, well, our mission is to really just spread, to share the joy of Aloha Wear mm-hmm. with, you know, our own community here in Hawaii, but with visitors, of course. And, yeah, I think just by wearing it, it's such a special part of who we are as a culture. And, you know, I'm not ethnically Hawaiian, and most people who live here aren't. Uh-huh. And that's what's really beautiful about Aloha Wear um, is that it's not really Hawaiian either. It's a fusion, just like the, like modern Hawaii is a fusion. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, like I said, the Aloha shirt was inspired by Japanese, and so the Mumu was kind of inspired by a fusion of Americans in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And together, those, like, all of that mixed together, we've created Aloha wear. And, um, you know, Aloha means love, obviously. I think most people know that. I didn't. And I thought really it meant is. hello. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, well, it means Good hello, goodbye, and it also means, it's like kind of the spirit of love. Okay. Um, so, you know, aloha wear, when you really think about what that means, it's like, you know, our clothing becomes this, like, visual symbol of love. Wow. And, you know, in Hawaii, this place where people who, in history, have been enemies um, have come together and created this brand new thing together, mm-hmm. this love wear it's like you know it's kind of crazy to think that you know japanese americans and the hawaiians who we've colonized and then you know in the plantation days you know a lot of aloha wear was also being mixed in with filipino style portuguese style and you know just at this place that you know all these different cultures enemies became neighbors and became family and they just became a community of their own So, so for us to you know to preserve that, like the garments that that culture created, it's so special, so special. Yeah, I love wow. it. That's beautiful. <laughs> well, and you know, <laughs> you'll is. probably be in the papers too. Like this, that woman that you had mentioned about why you should wear a muumuu everywhere except on a date, <laughs> and bring it back too. Since you know they say fashion kind of goes cyclically, wherever you know. 20 to 40 years, things come back. So that's yeah, awesome that you're working on, on bringing back this important piece of Hawaiian culture. Um, but, but also, like you said, of, of joy and love and beauty. So, um, and I think you need to write a book on the Moomoo, by the way. <laughs> I know. I'm trying. It's definitely on this 
the to-do list right now. Okay, good. Because uh, yeah. it's just fascinating. I think, you know, that this history, it's preserved in the clothes, but it, it should be preserved in writing, too. That's just... Um, it, it does. Yeah. And it was, like I said, going to the library, it was so scandalous to find out that there were no books written about moves. I couldn't believe it. Right. Yeah. All these books on Aloha shirts, but not a single one on the moon. Gosh. Well, you're changing that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. It was great to have you on. Thank you. So you're listening to A Culture of Beauty, where we discuss the various ways we can elevate and affect the culture through beauty. I'm your host, Sequoia Sierra. Thanks for listening. This week's podcast is sponsored by Burt and Rocky's Cream Company. They began in 1989 with ice cream. They rotate through over 400 original homemade recipes, including caramel apples, chocolates, and fudge. Jar candy, seasonal candy, and nostalgic candy is also sold in store. Family owned and located in the heart of the Claremont Village on the corner of Yale and Bonita. You can find them on Instagram.